Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Escaping Moral Adventure. Mark and I are here today to talk with you all about friendships. Mark, do you have any friends? (laughs) I do think I have some friends, but if you ask my friends if I have friends, I'm not sure what they would say. But yes, I think I have some friends. How about you? Do you have any friends? I do have friends. Okay. What do you think about friends? Like, is this an important thing to have? Well, if you had asked me six or seven years ago, my answer probably would have been not really. Hmm. But you're asking me now, so my answer is absolutely. Yeah, and today's idea is that friendships are critical for your physical and spiritual well-being. So let's see if we can figure that out. All right. Okay, so sometimes when we do a episode, we talk about research and studies that back up the idea that we're talking about. And today with friendships, we're going to start that way as well. So did you know there are several benefits of having deep friendships? And by the way, did you know before this episode? (laughs) Well, I assumed that there were. Yes. Okay. Well, studies show that friends and having deep friendships do a few different things when it comes to health. So if you look at the research and some of the studies related to friendships, you find some interesting things. One of the things that's interesting, I think, is the link between having deep friendships and extending your lifespan is twice as strong as that of exercising, and it's on par with quitting smoking. Would you have guessed that deep friendships was that strong of an indicator? No, I would not have guessed that. I would have thought exercising was way more of an indicator of extended lifespan. Yeah, and like, I mean, I get quitting smoking. That's really high, right? Like, we know that that's pretty unhealthy, at least now we do. But it's even stronger than exercising when it comes to extending lifespan. But that's only one of the benefits. Right. What else? Another benefit um, studies have shown of having deep friendships is people are generally healthier. What I mean by that, that comes to blood pressure, that comes to BMI, waist circumference, which is a key indicator of various negative health outcomes, and also levels of inflammation. So Studies have shown that having deep friendships actually reduces some of these negative indicators of bad health outcomes. So we have extended lifespan. We have generally healthier. Another one is having deep friendships may make our minds sharper, which I thought was interesting. There were some studies surrounding onset of dementia based on people who had strong or weak friendships and relationships. And yeah, they found that people who had stronger friendships had less onset of dementia, which is kind of, yeah, that's an important one, I would say. Mm -hmm. Another one is they've research has shown that having deep friendships helps us through tough times. And so they did some research on those who had breast cancer and people who had breast cancer and had deep friendships actually had better health outcomes than those who did not have deep friendships through those tough times. 
yet another one is they looked at the link between having deep friendships and how individuals can make it through rejection. And they looked at young kids this time. And they looked at uh, fourth graders. And fourth graders, actually, those who were maybe picked on or bullied, the ones that had strong friendships actually had much better outcomes in life than the ones that did not have stronger friendships. And so lots of links between having strong friendships and better outcomes from a mental and physical perspective. Now, the last one they found, which I think will maybe propel us toward the, the rest of this podcast, is strong friendships also increase the probability that your friends will influence you. Hmm. And this can be positive or negative. Right. So let's look to scripture and see how that speaks about friendships as well. So we see in John chapter 15, verses 12 through 15, that Jesus called us friends in a very important way. And it says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. Yeah, I find this interesting, especially with what we just found, that Jesus gives us this really intimate way to call us his friends, those of us who follow him it seems like it was a really important thing. He said, I no longer call you my servants. I call you my friends. Like it was a very important thing for him to call us his friends. So I like that as like a grounding toward the scriptural importance of friendships, Mm -hmm. but that's nowhere near the only time in scripture that we find the importance of friendships and even advice about establishing friendships. Right. There's so many scriptures, especially in Proverbs that, talk to us about the importance of friendships and and having good friendships. So I'm just going to rattle off several from Proverbs here. 18, chapter 18, verse 24, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Proverbs 22, 24 through 25, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. I think that one is speaking directly to how friends influence you. Mm. I mean, all of them are, but this is how, you know, they could influence you for worse, right? Mm, Yeah. Proverbs 13.20, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. And then we have one from 1 Corinthians 15.33, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. That one also speaking to friends influencing you negatively. We've talked about this before, but I love it how we have these scriptures that are timeless And then we have newer studies and research that back up what scripture is saying. And here we see it again, that these ideas of having great friends is really good and important in our lives. One thing that I noticed is these scriptures, and when I've read these scriptures in the past, I sort of read it from, how would you say it, the... 
like I'm the person who is making sure my friends fit into these descriptions or don't fit into these descriptions. Yeah, exactly. And when I read it this time, for some reason I thought, wait a minute, am I the sort of other side? So if I read him again, one who has unreliable friends, am I an unreliable friend? Mm -hmm. And then it says iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Am I sharpening my friends? Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Am I hot-tempered? Walk with the wise. Am I wise or am I not wise? Because it says a companion of fools, so am I a fool? Suffers harm. And I think that was a good way to think about not only are we choosing friends properly, but are we living a life that makes it possible for people to choose us as a great friend? Yeah, that's a very good point. Okay, so we have this concept that having great friendships is really important. We see the research and studies back this up. Scripture also is very clear about this. Jesus himself has this scripture about the importance of us being his friends and then the importance of choosing good friends. But how do we actually have good friends and how, how do we become good friends? How do we create good friendships? So let's get to the practical side of this now. Okay, so we'll go through five characteristics of friendships. And this comes actually from a, a Bible study that Mark, you and I did, I don't know, many years ago, but it's applicable here. And um, it's based off of the story in the Bible in Ruth chapter one that is uh, about Ruth and Naomi and, and they're friends, but they're also mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. And so I won't read all of that today, but go and read Ruth chapter one and read about their friendship and sort of what these characteristics are based off of. So the first characteristic of great friendships is mutuality. And so that just means that it's reciprocal. So if you're um, friends with, if you're a believer and friends with someone else who is a believer, great friendship is more than, is different than rather than discipleship. So discipleship would be where a more mature believer is teaching, training a newer believer. And so this great friendships here, it's different than that. It's also different than a mentoring relationship where, you know, a mentor, someone who's wiser, um, or an expert in some area is is mentoring someone who isn't an expert or wise as wise in that area. So it's it's different than that as well. So again, friendships here, it's reciprocal. Both are giving and both are receiving. And the friends are relating to one another as peers. They're kind of going on this journey of life together. And um, now that doesn't mean that one can't be older or wiser, right? But the relationship is reciprocal. I like that it's this idea that I, I kind of read it almost like you both have to put something into it, you know, to help one another. Yeah. And sometimes I'm going to have to carry the burden and sometimes you're going to have to carry the burden. So, yeah, yeah that's what I kind of think about that. Okay. Good. Okay. So the second characteristic is honesty. So friends need to be able to share with one another what's actually going on. They need to be able to to be real, right? No, uh, like facade, putting up no facade, no trying to make yourself look better than you are or, or anything like that. No sugarcoating. 
just straight up honesty. So no being fake. Right. Say exactly sort of where you are, what's going on in your life. Yeah, okay. So being out there, vulnerable maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which that's uncomfortable. Yeah, incredibly for sure. Okay, All so right. that's two. That's yeah. honesty. Okay, mutuality and um, honesty, and then three we have acceptance. So, going back to honesty, you're probably not going to be honest with someone if you fear that that person is going to reject you. So, if there's going to be honesty in a friendship, then there also needs to be this acceptance piece. And so, you know, you could even call it a acceptance a prerequisite for honesty if you wanted to. Uh, The dictionary defines acceptance as simply the action or process of being received as adequate or suitable. So accepting someone means that you're welcoming them into your life and you're loving them just as they are. That doesn't mean you necessarily agree with them or, or anything like that. It just means you're accepting them as they are. Now the last one comes into focus here with this one because honesty you sort of need this acceptance. And when I was thinking about this one, I was like, why not? I mean, myself, I do things that I don't agree with, you know, like, yeah. So why wouldn't I do that for my friends too? Mm -hmm. And we have this, we can have this tendency to sort of judge our friends or our acquaintances, whatever. But this is saying, no, like they're being honest and vulnerable with you acceptance means you're still going to love them. Right. You may not like what they just told you. Right. And you may not agree with it or right. with their choices or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Right. And so, again, like I said, I don't even agree with my own choices sometimes. So <laughs> this makes sense to me. Okay. Got it. So mutuality, honesty, acceptance. Those are the first three. And then attentiveness. So this means you're focusing on the other person instead of on yourself. And I feel like active listening is a part of this. And and active listening is just actually listening to what the person is saying, listening to how, how they're saying it, how they might be feeling, versus trying to formulate your own response while they're talking to you. And also, active listening means you're not becoming distracted by the thoughts that are going on in your head or by something else that's going on around, like you are tuned into, you're dialed into what that person is saying. And it also means focusing on that other person's needs or paying attention to, right? Picking up on what they might need, as I mentioned, like their mood as well, maybe struggles they might be experiencing instead of focusing on yourself. And you're also kind of watching that other person and and just kind of paying attention to what the Lord might be doing in their life and through their circumstances, So I guess one more piece to this might be celebrating them when they succeed versus being jealous. I feel like that's also being attentive, right? Where you're focusing on them instead of yourself and being, you know, genuinely excited and happy for them versus, man, I wish I did that. Yeah, this is a good one because one thing I think about here that it's a good habit maybe is we almost always can say we we almost always can come up with an idea if someone tells us something we can try to relate it to something that happened to us and we have this tendency like 
someone tells us something, we can say, oh, well, I went through that before. Or when I was going through that, here's what happened to me. Or, oh, I had a friend that went through that and here's what they did. How about we just listen? Mm-hmm. And we encourage and we maybe ask a follow-up question, like being attentive really to other people. Another way I think I've found to be attentive, which is unnatural for me, is being attentive when the other person's not around. And so this happens in like prayer. It's like just kind of going through like my mind, like who are my friends and spending some time going, oh, I remember they said this. And so I'm going to pray for them. Or I remember they said this. I'm going to send them a text or I'm going to give them a call because I know on this day they were going to go through something. So that's another way to be attentive to. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So, okay, we've got mutuality, honesty, acceptance, attentiveness. We said five. So what's number five? This last characteristic is spirituality. And this characteristic is what differentiates friendships centered on Christ from other friendships. So spiritual friends love Jesus and spur one another on toward him. Christ ends up becoming part of the conversation, if not the entire conversation. And just the conversation is just constantly pointed back to him. Um, Jesus becomes part of the relationship. In fact, I would say he even becomes the center or the foundation of that friendship. And it, it's just, it is, it's just grounded in him. I'm reminded on this one that we've done some marriage studies before. And one of the things we said from the marriage study, which is one of our favorite principles was from Francis Chan and his work on marriage. And he said, it's not about the relationships. It's about Christ Mm -hmm. and focusing on Christ makes the relationship stronger. So I like this one as like a foundation that are we actually pointing toward Christ and are we orienting our friendship to be on mission for Christ? And then that makes our friendship stronger. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think of that here for this one on number five, this characteristic of strong friendships. So, okay. Well, and some of the most exciting times in my friendships have been when we've been on mission for Christ, whether individually or or together. And we're just sharing these stories and encouraging one another and also, you know, helping each other figure out maybe a better way to do this next time or a better, you know, things like that. But man, it's just, I have a huge smile on my face just even talking about it. Right. And it, that also parallels, I think, what we talked about earlier, which is we found out that research and studies have shown us that having great friendships is good for our health, our health outcomes, our mental outcomes, whatever. Also, that scripture backs that up. And so it's no surprise to me, like what you just said, that having these spiritually strong friendships is the most fulfilling way to have great friendships. And then we talk through these five, which include spirituality, characteristics of a great friendship with maybe some practical ways to think about each one of those five. So how has your friendships evolved over the last... You said earlier that you wouldn't have said that friendships were that important. Why is that? How has that happened for you? Like, is it evolved for you? Well, actually, this this small group study that we're referencing here today is kind of what spurred me on towards 
finding friends, I guess, spiritual friends. And uh, yeah, so the last six years or so has just been a journey of building those that I thought I never needed, you know, which is crazy to think about now. Like to think about not having those friendships now is like, oh my gosh, what would I do? Whereas, and this is coming from me who before was like, I have Mark, I'm good, which honey, not to, you know, like knock you off your pedestal or anything, (laughs) but spouses are very important and should be the number one relationship on this earth. Friendships are also important. Yeah, I can remember watching you go through this journey of establishing friendships and how it's changed your life incredibly for the better. And I think a little bit of an encouragement for anybody out there who's struggling maybe to either have friendships or find friends or go through that journey. One thing to keep in mind is establishing great friendships doesn't mean it's easy. It's not always going to be easy. It mean there there's a, as you heard from these characteristics doing these things mean you have to step into the mess with your friends. Yes. They're going through mess, you're going through mess, and you're asking each other to step into that mess. And if you're not, then you stay at this surface level of friendships. But if you really want to establish these great friendships, if you really want to have mutuality and honesty and acceptance and attentiveness and spirituality of course you better be ready you got to step into it you got to get into that mess go through those ups and downs with each other yeah so it's going to take intentionality and time not just time in the sense of years to build a deeper friendship, but time in the sense of your day to day or your week to week and investing in those people who you want to build friendships with. Okay. So these are ways to establish great friendships, these five characteristics, but how do you know if you have a great friend now? And Fallon, I think you had an idea to share here. That's really an important. It's simple way to understand if you have great friendships now. Do you want to share that with us? Yeah, our pastor always says that great friends will love God, love you, and celebrate when you succeed. And those three actually go right along with the last three characteristics that we shared. So if you're looking for friends, pray about it. I'm going to encourage you to pray about it. It will take time. Be patient with it and see what the Lord does. And be willing to go through the time and the effort it takes to establish those friends once you find them, right? Right, right. 